Welcome to probably the best fitness and nutrition podcast where we're bringing you probably the best information you need to know on fitness and nutrition. On today's episode, we have with us Dr. Mesa Hanawi, physical therapist and director of fitness for Stacked Coaching. We discuss if personalized programming is best for you and moving you forward if you might be frustrated or stuck in your current situation or maybe group fitness might be the best for you. We also discuss crazy fitness trends, what you read on the internet, uh, and our views on the evolution of CrossFit and what that looks like going forward. Hope you enjoy. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Stacked Coaching. And if you're interested in nutrition or fitness coaching, check us out at www.stackedcoaching.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, It's Bradley with Stack Coaching and Dr. Mesa Hanawe. I said that right? Hanawe. Hanawe with Stacked Coaching. (laughs) So the last time we talked, woo, get stacked. So the last time we talked... uh, Mason was my coach, and she made me feel incredibly better. I went from going to PT for three years, every week, for three years straight, almost had surgery, happened to get connected with Mesa, and she fixed me in six months, and it's been blissful ever since. Actually, <laughs> I, credit, I credit Mesa with um, basically where the where we're taking the gym my my physical gym rue which will be stacked fitness very soon um and and taking that direction forward because she made such a difference in my life it was the biggest difference physically that i've ever felt in the entire history of me working out so because of that i want to offer that to other people so mesa as our director of fitness okay can you kind of give some people your background and how you arrived at this? I know we, we talked about this in the, in the past, but um, if you can kind of tell me how you arrived at this point, um, where you are now, that'd be amazing. Yeah. How far back do you want me to start? <laughs> uh, how you got your start uh, in fitness and then why you wanted to become a physical therapist and um, how you decided that personalized programming could be the most beneficial way to help people. For sure. I grew up overseas my whole life in Dubai and the fitness and rehab scene is very different outside of the U S. So I don't think I was as exposed to that and then moved to North Carolina for college. And my freshman year got a job being a student trainer for the football team there. And that I think was my first exposure to injuries, to rehab. I remember being in the training room and seeing the PT rehabbing someone's thumb and being like, what are you doing? Like what's happening? But for football, that was really important. And I kind of fell in love with that world, went to physical therapy school. The year I got into school, I tore my ACL, MCL meniscus. So went through the whole gym myself, had surgery, had PT, kind of solidified what I wanted to do and then found CrossFit because after I had my surgery, I couldn't play sports. I'd grown up being super athletic and just kind of found my way into a gym because I had to get the energy out somewhere. And just like all of us drank the Kool-Aid hard and fell in love with CrossFit, became a CrossFit coach. And I still love 
CrossFit functional fitness. It's what I do. I think it's what we do in our programming every single day. I like to call it evolved CrossFit. So it's a little bit smarter programming than just the super random way CrossFit started, which a lot of programs are evolving to be that way anyways. Um, But when COVID started, I was doing a little bit of online and kind of shifted a lot more to that online programming. A lot of people wanted to take that time to work on their weaknesses, get out of pain, focus on themselves, build a home gym and kind of split the even when the gym started opening, people were enjoying that one-on-one attention. And then they were feeling better when they would go into group class. And so I personally started doing one-on-one programming myself because I was building a home gym, loved it, started seeing great results. The business grew. Um, and recently I went kind of all in on my own business here in Charleston doing programming. And then this one Saturday, do you want to tell that story? Yeah. So um, I was going through some personal difficulties in my life. And um, I, I, I don't know if I was clinically depressed or not. I, I'm not sure about that. But I was sad. And I was sad for a while. Um, and I, I did something that I kind of hate doing. Right? And it's like I posted this picture of me on Instagram, basically fresh off of crying. Right. And I'm sure it was attention seeking, okay? And I got attention from it. But what was weird, it's not weird, it's actually very heartfelt, is the people that reached out to me aren't people that I generally um, talk to or hang out with on an everyday basis. There are people that I've met all across the country, you being one of them, that have been in my life. And it's people that have always been very supportive but not like we need to talk all the time, right? And it, it just seems very authentic and genuine. All those people reached out to me, you being one of them, you checked <laughs> them and you're like, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm a mess, but I'm getting ready to head to dinner. Can we chat tomorrow? So I give you a call and literally an hour and 45 minutes later, we decided <laughs> that we were going to work together. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of exactly how it happened. And I think sometimes when really tough times happen, you realize who's important in your life and who's going to be there. And I think with both of us, that kind of comes with the territory. Like in order to be a great coach, you have to care a lot. You have to be empathetic. You have to be invested in other people's lives. And that was the thing that made it happen. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, what I have done a really good job of is, you know, um, growing our nutrition business and making that like a super important product. And I was in uh, a transition of training some of our employees to do basically what you do. Okay. And after talking to you and where we were in our lives, I was like, wouldn't it just make sense if we just partnered up and I let you kind of be the director of fitness for stacked. Um, And that's kind of how it happened. Um, And so now like, what I wanted to do is put you in a position because you are far more knowledgeable than me when it comes to fitness Um, and specifically programming people out of pain, like specifically that um, and helping like moving people forward. I still have a number of clients that I personally program within our gym um, and across the country. And then you have your company IBX, which is called (laughs) in the box. Um, And so it's kind of like we combine forces um, and with Stack to bring people a fitness product that is a more personalized program. And it doesn't mean that we are stopping any of our group classes 
Um, we are still going to have group fitness that is evolved CrossFit, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I just went on this giant rant, Mesa, on Facebook about an hour ago. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, but it. I was talking about how like I am so over people's biggest concern in the gym being whether they're going to make the podium in a scale division on some weekend amateur hour fitness competition. <laughs> yeah. Like that is so 26. <laughs> right. I think, yeah. Go ahead. No, I think that we say evolved CrossFit, but in my mind, it's what CrossFit always should have been. I think yeah. it's done really well. That's what it is. Um, because really what is CrossFit? It's just working out. It's just movements and we're just programming them well with appropriate progressions. And like you said, we're not canceling group fitness. Majority of my clients participate in group fitness and their one-on-one -on -one programming helps them better participate in group fitness. And then if they want to go throw down on their weekend competition, it's not a big deal. They're in perfect shape to go throw down at any point in time, have a good time, but it's not the end all be all. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, and let's just touch on that for a little bit. Speaking of competitions, how many competitions do you think someone who is involved in competitive fitness, okay, how many competitions should they be doing a year? That's such a tough question. I think the answer is obviously it depends. It depends on where they're at. Um, I think the answer is definitely less than most people think. <laughs> <laughs> so like I why is it a tough question? It's tough because it depends one on how competitive they are like if they're trying to qualify for something practicing competition might be an important thing. It depends on how they're approaching the competition. Are they just like I'm competing at the end of January in a local competition and I'm doing it with a friend. We're doing it for fun. My entire training does not revolve around prepping for this competition. I'll be smart and taper the week before, take some days off after, and it'll just be a fun throwdown. That is not often the case with clients. When they sign up for a competition, their entire training revolves around repeatedly doing the competition workouts. They often have overtraining. They work on the same skill repeatedly and don't work on components or getting overall stronger and it can affect kind of the long-term goals which are definitely more important for majority of population yeah look i like doing fitness competitions well i do one in particular for a while i hosted a competition um but i learned a few years ago that like my fitness shouldn't revolve around that competition so mm -hmm. i just fit it in right like i went through the workouts once ahead of time and that we're good to go Right. Exactly. Like yeah. if you have to practice those movements a bunch leading into it, maybe you shouldn't be doing the competition. I agree. And I think for some people and for the right personality, it can serve as a motivation to be more consistent, to get into the gym. And that's awesome. But that's the extent of how I think it should serve you for someone who's not trying to compete at the games, at sanctionals at that level, because that's kind of a different conversation. But again, that's such a small portion of the population and majority of people should be thinking about wanting to pick up dog food and play with their grandkids and be able to go hiking or kayaking or go on a trip and feel comfortable. And those things are so much more important than your weekend local competition. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of why like it's tough because I love CrossFit. I, I love what CrossFit has done for me. Um, 
what I don't like about CrossFit is that what it's become, and that's all these other gyms in competition mode, practicing Fran a million times and doing hero workouts every weekend, right? Because to me, that does not fit in a programming scheme that fits the overall general population of a gym, right? Um, and so it, it's reasons why, like, I kind of eliminated barbell snatching from our group fitness classes um, and American kettlebell swings um, and things that require a lot of practice or a high level of skill. It just doesn't make sense for a group class comprised of people from, you know, beginners at late 20s to people in their 40s, and none of which practice it on a regular basis. For sure. And I think across the board, no one should ever be learning to do an Olympic lift in a group setting. That's just poor judgment. In all honesty, there's no situation in which even someone who's very fit and athletic should do that. There's a lot of movements like that in CrossFit that I think should be learned one-on-one. And I think the purpose for the most part of group fitness, CrossFit classes is to maintain fitness, to get better, to get fitter, to live longer, to have a higher quality of life. If you have specific goals like PRing, like lifting heavy, like learning gymnastic skills, I would say that should be done more one-on-one. It's not saying that there's not a place for that in group class. It definitely can. I think um, where a lot of people miss the ball is they assume everyone wants to be able to do all of these things. And for many people, it doesn't matter if they snatch, they don't really care. Most people don't care if they do a pistol. There's like, we're in this little bubble in CrossFit of like, you hang out with people that all want to do the same things as you, but that's not the reality of most people. Most people just want to like, look good, feel good, enjoy their body, enjoy their life. And that's it. They don't really care. If I told you, you could have a six pack, but you never had to snatch. You'd probably be like, cool. I won't snatch. Like that's, that's the reality. Um, And I think it's cool. If you want to learn those skills, maybe group fitness isn't always the place for them. Yeah, I remember early on when I started CrossFit um, and we would get to like these gymnastics imams and I could not do whatever the skill was. So I was doing some modified version and I'm like, I feel like I just wasted 15 minutes of my life. Like I didn't really do anything. Like I'm not sweating. I don't feel anything. Like I just practiced. I warmed up for 15 minutes. I just practiced this gym movement. And now after we talk for a little bit more and do some instruction on the final wad, okay, um, I'm going to have 20 minutes of working out today. Awesome. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And that's often how it goes, which is unfortunate. I think also it's important to know if you are someone who does want to do those skills. Like I love muscle ups. Yeah. During COVID, there was a time where I worked out at home and I didn't do a ring muscle up for like a year and a half. And I walked into a gym and hit five unbroken with no pain, no issues, like warmed up and did it because I was doing all the things to maintain my pull, to maintain my shoulder stability, to be in really good shape that when I wanted to go do those skills, I could. And I think people think like, in order to be good, you have to be doing it every day or multiple times a week. And like, no, you need a really good base and foundation. And then there's a lot of skills you can play with on top of that. During my shoulder injury, like I hadn't done a muscle up for three years. Um, I did it with you towards the end of our time together. You're, you program some strict muscle ups and I'm like, oh, this is going to be something. And I was like, Ooh, oh my God. Because like, <laughs> you had all the components. Yeah. Right. And at no point did we ever do a muscle up. 
Mm -hmm. Which I think that like people have this fear, like use it or lose it. And I'm like, it's not necessarily that specific skill. It's using all the other things. And what you miss is when you work on the skill over and over and over again, you're missing all the accessory work, the shoulder stability, the strength building, because you're so focused on, you know, RXing a workout or this one specific skill and you miss all the good stuff. Oh, absolutely agree. So when it comes to personalized programming, mm-hmm. what type of people benefit from that? I think that it's because it's personalized, it applies to so many people. Right. I typically say I like to work with people who are active, who are motivated, who are not living a sedentary lifestyle because most of our clients, as I'm sure you know, are motivated to be able to hike, bike, play with their kids, do other things. Um, But because it's personalized, it's easy to fit whoever needs it at any point in time. And I think we all have niches. Like I love working with the barbell athlete, the functional fitness and like more triathletes. I think we have a bunch of coaches that have different things that they're really in tune with, really good at. And that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I look at personalized programming for people that are frustrated with their current situation and frustrated could mean like a lot of different things. Like we talk about, like for me, I was frustrated with my shoulder pain. Right. Um, and so it wasn't so much in the gym. It was how my life was affecting me outside of the gym. And I wanted to be more purposeful in the gym so that my life outside the gym could get better because just doing a group fitness class was never going to solve that. Just getting dry needled and assigned some stretches was never going to solve that. Right. Like I needed a plan that I executed every single day. And the reality is, unless someone physically wrote that plan out for me every single day, it was never going to happen. And that is true for most people. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah, I think to to dive into that more, you're right. Most people who I work with are frustrated, whether that's because of pain or because they're not progressing the way they want to, or because they're not the type of fitness they're doing does not match their goals and what they want. Um, And I think most people um, like a templated program or a group fitness class, like is not going to fit most people. Most people need something more. Most people have specific like dysfunctions, pain, they move differently. Like there's no two people in class that need the exact same thing. And that's where personalized programming comes in. So yes, most people that do come to me, come to you are frustrated with pain goals, the program they're on currently, or just not knowing, like there's so much bullshit information out there right now. You can go on Instagram and try this workout, try that workout, do this, do that. And I think it's like such a confusing world. The fitness space in media is so convoluted and there's so many things there that like people want to plan people want something that's concrete that they can do that's catered to them because they're sick of seeing all these thousands of things and not knowing what to do with it i want to come back to that because i have a question for you um because as a physical therapist and someone who spends more time in this than me i'm interested in that i'm going to circle back to that um the other two people i i'm thinking types of people that personalized programming is good for is someone that might not necessarily be in pain, but there's someone who has to modify everything in the gym or most things in the gym, either because of their ability or maybe their, their anatomical function or, you know, ranges of motion, 
that type of thing, previous, you know, pre-existing injuries, those types of things where they're not in pain all the time, but just their body doesn't function in a way that's going to allow the group fitness class to work. hundred percent. And I think I'm the perfect example of that. Like I've had knee surgery, like we talked about at the beginning, I am a not flexible person at all. I have never been a good mover. It's obviously gotten better over time, but I'm someone who's constantly gotten like, you know, get lower in your squat, drive your knees out, do all these things. And it's frustrating to me. Like the typical cues do not work. When I started CrossFit, I couldn't squat below parallel. And because I had that physical therapy background, I figured it out, but constantly they're just like, get lower, get lower, get lower. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't help me. I'm I'm trying, if I, if I could get lower, I would be going lower. So having that full assessment, my, like knowing my mobility deficits, knowing my strength and balances, the personalized programming has helped me in ways that can't really happen in group class, or it's very difficult to happen in group class unless it's very meticulous. And um, then I can go jump in a group workout and not feel so limited because I know I know how my body works. I know what I need. And I find that a lot with clients. They'll go into group class and they're like, oh, when I'm doing a front squat or an overhead squat, like something feels off and I keep getting the same cues and it's not helping. And there's no way you can provide the attention someone needs in a group setting to figure those things out. So I think that's where it's really cool because it helps someone understand what's going on with them. And I feel like the more you know, the more empowered you are, the less frustrating it is. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. Like if, if you have an hour class and there's 20 people in the class, you got three minutes per person. Yeah. And I think like there's... And that's if you don't talk. <laughs> and we both talk a lot. So we both talk a lot. I think there's such like there's such a benefit of the community and the camaraderie and like the competition and the social aspect of it. And it's such a great thing to do, but I don't think it's like like we say, there's no like absolute. You shouldn't do one thing all the time, you know? So it's a good thing to sprinkle in. Sorry, my dogs are barking. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing to sprinkle in, but I think it's a good thing to sprinkle in when you're still working on all the things you need to work on specifically. Well, and it depends on where you are in your life. Like I talk about this often is that we need different things for different like periods in our life. Like, you know, it might be a transition time or your work might be a lot. So you know what, an hour class doesn't work for you and you need to squeeze a lot to 35 minutes. That might be personal programming for that, right? Um, And then there might be time when things are chill and you feel great and the group class is exactly what you need, or you need a little bit extra motivation and you need to work out with your friends, which is why like, I want to provide both with just an emphasis on personalized attention. Right. Um, The third person that I can think of is someone that is perfectly fine with their anatomy. They have no injuries. They have no pain, but they are someone who is trying to excel in something specific. Um, and we have a couple of clients like that. I'm sure you have some clients like that. Um, and, and that, that could be someone that maybe they're trying to get stronger in a specific Olympic lift. So their programming needs to be Olympic lifting specific or gymnastics, or they really want to get a rope climb or whatever it might be. And we need to focus our attention on the things that are going to get in there. No, I 100% agree. And for both of those things that you said, having different seasons of life and someone who has specific goals, that's where having a coach is so beneficial because you can adjust to what you need. So there's times in the year, like you said, where people are less busy, where work isn't as stressful. You can 
have more intensity, ramp it up. And then when they're in a time where work is really stressful or they're traveling a lot, you can adjust intensity to match that. And even with female clients adjusting based on menstruation, adjusting based on that things like grief class cannot possibly account for where one-on-one you can have those conversations. You can have that relationship of what's happening in your life, what's going on, how do we adjust our workouts to match that. And then looking at people like tactical athletes, firefighters, all those things, making it more job specific. So personal program programming is so cool in that aspect that you can make it tailored to exactly what that person needs. Yeah. I mean, I talk about that a lot. Like I'm writing a workout for 200 people, right? I can't cover everything you want. Like people are texting me saying like, oh, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? I was like, if I put all those things together, the workout would be six hours today. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. So if, if you were someone, you know, and I guess we didn't really talk about this, but the fourth thing is you're just someone that wants something different and no one specific place or gym or yoga studio or whatever fills your needs, which you probably want then you want to hire a coach that can specifically write what you want. Yeah. And I do think for all of those prototypes of people, um, what you get in coaching or one-on-one programming is that communication aspect where you're not really getting that anywhere else. Even with my patients as a physical therapist, like I don't get to talk to them the way I get to talk to my one-on-one clients. So we do like check-ins, I'm checking their lifestyle factors, their sleep, their nutrition, how their stress is. And like, we're talking on a very regular basis. They're getting feedback every day on their workouts. They get to talk to me. Most of my clients I know about their kids, about their trips, about their life. And that's that relationship is like, so it goes so beyond fitness. And I think you can like for you, you weren't able to sleep because of your shoulder pain. So the changes are not just like, Oh, he got a muscle up. It's like, Oh, he's able to play with his kids and not have pain. Like that's, that's where I think personalized coaching is so cool. Yeah. And I mean, I think about it like this, like we write a program for 200 people um, and there's a number of people in there that might have elbow pain. It can be like, well, I mean, we could switch this, this and this, but this is basically the program, right? Whereas if it's specific programming and they're like, hey, Mesa, I'm experiencing a little bit of elbow pain. What can we do to fix that? Then you can change the workouts based off of that and, you know, get them out of that elbow pain or adjust it to where they are not feeling it so much. It doesn't feel like their hand's going to fall off in the middle of the night. So all my notifications going off. Um, No, I agree. And I also think that um, you can like in group class, you can adjust on the fly. You can do modifications, but it's not long-term changing the outcome where like with one-on-one programming, I can be like, Hey, switch this up today. And then for the next three weeks, this is what we're going to do to start addressing that problem and see how you respond. And that's where there's a difference between like modification and making long-term change. Yeah. I, I was actually talking to one of my coaches today about um, the difference between personalized programming and personal, personal training. Um, and it's interesting because I think there's a lot of benefits to personalized programming because you are being virtually coached, right? Like we're asking you to record a video, give us feedback. Um, we're adjusting workouts based off of weight, the video feedback, as well as anything else you might put in there. Did you fail a lift? Did you not? Was it easy? Et cetera, right? Um, and the other thing is that the feedback that we give the athlete or the client, okay, is going to be very direct. 
uh, and you're doing it for basically the cost of four personal training sessions, right? Mm-hmm. So one a week, basically, yep. right? Um, whereas you pay for personal training, and depending on the abilities of the the trainer, you know, how are they writing your program? Are they writing it long term? How many personal trainings are you actually doing? Because it, it is not affordable for everyone, right? And then what are they doing? They're counting your reps and holding you accountable. Well, we're holding you accountable virtually and mm-hmm. for a fraction of the cost, you know? Yeah. And then what happens between those training sessions? Whereas like programming, you're getting it every day or a certain amount of days per week. Um, that's with like patients or with clients where we're seeing them in person. Yes, you get that one-on-one time, but then what about all the days in between? If you go once a week, if you go twice a week, there's still those other five to six days where you don't have communication with them. You can't hit them up and ask them about, hey, I did this lift. It didn't feel great. Like that's not what you're paying for. So I think that is so huge. Like that communication, that relationship, like I can text my coach or my clients can text me and be like, Hey, this workout didn't feel great because of this. And then everything they do from then on is adjusted and works to on that specific thing. So I think, yeah, it's that relationship. It's that constant communication that makes programming so cool. And the progressions you can get when you do programming, because it's day-to-day, week-to-week are so much greater than I think any other form of fitness. Yeah. I love that. All right, let's get to some fun shit. So Wait, this, you wanted to put the pin in the social media. This is it. Okay. This is it. Okay. All right. So um, I, I think my butt is tiny. Okay. Like I have to wear the tightest skinny jeans possible. So much. You may have seen an Instagram video of me trying to pull my jeans off while sitting on the floor because I cannot physically take them off while standing. Okay. Um, okay. People, people don't know this, but I have to wear those types of jeans to make me look like I have a butt, right? Um, <laughs> okay. And I work out legs three times a week. I, I work out my posterior chain. Um, I am certain, but this is just my personal opinion, that genetics plays a huge factor in the overall size of your butt. Okay. All right. Then I have other people that I'm following on my Instagram. One of came out today. It's a mutual friend of ours. And my mutual friend, I mean, neither of us are friends with him, but we both follow him on Instagram. He is um, California. And he's like, you know, join my big booty program, whatever. And it's him doing some Romanian deadlifts, pretty heavy weight for 12 or ish. Um, Can you program your butt bigger? I don't know that that was the pin, but okay. Um, I think that you can have specific aesthetic goals and you can program to train for those aesthetic goals. And it's going to look very like training for aesthetics and training for performance are two very different things. As I'm sure you being a nutrition company owner will testify to, um, or attest to, that was the wrong thing, but I'll testify to it too. (laughs) like no you can't train to you can train to gain mass yes but like it's very hard to isolate specific muscle groups but yes if you were like I want this aesthetic your training would look very different and I think 
the internet and social media and Instagram make it seem a little bit different than it is. There's no like 30 days to get a butt program because if you start doing those things, like your hamstrings and your quads and your calves are also going to grow. Like you're not, there's like no way to just work your glute meat and nothing else in majority of exercises, but yes, you can train. I look at it like this. When you cook food and, and basically your boyfriend is a chef, so <laughs> a very good one. All right. That's, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw it like this. If I'm cooking a steak, all right, <laughs> and it's a $2 a pound steak from Walmart, all right, is that steak going to taste as good from your chef boyfriend, Graham, as a $26 a pound steak that he got from a local farmer? Cook no. both the same ways. No. Right. It's not. So that body part or whatever you are tending to work has to have the genetic potential before ever doing it. Right. Yes. I do think there are certain people who are predisposed to different things like me, for example, my arms gain mass so much quicker than my legs. It doesn't matter. I can buy my lower body training. What? You do have tiny legs, <laughs> but I like never skip leg day. I work out my legs more. It's just like the way my body is. I put mass on my arms faster for sure. People have genetic predispositions. Can you train around those? Yes. But there are going to be people who put on muscle easier, who have bigger certain muscles areas that that's life. I mean, look at Michael Phelps was built to swim. He also trains very hard, but he was genetically predisposed to be a swimmer. Like, look at his limbs. So I think, yeah, there's definitely a genetic component, but you can. Yeah. So to me, all that fitness advertising is very similar to when the new year comes out and it's like, try this juice detox or this charcoal cleanse or whatever cleanse detox magic pill bullshit that somebody's trying to feed you to start out your new year. There is no magic pill, right? Like we just, we, it's the habits that we do, the actions that we do on a daily basis. And what that does is creates our best self, right? And that's all you can ask for is what can we do to make ourselves the best self? Um, Look, I, before I get in the shower, I always look at my butt and I'm like, maybe I need to do more glute work. And then I'll do more glute work for about six weeks. And I'm like, I'm tired of doing all this glute work. And my (laughs) butt doesn't look any different. (laughs) And I think like, it's such a small thing that you probably neglect lots of other more important things when that's your focus that overall mean more than the aesthetic of your glutes probably. And you come to that realization on your own. Um, But yeah, I think that's social media is so tough because it's like this great thing where we can have an entire business that sells through social media, but it's also, like I said, very convoluted. It's very confusing for the consumer. They see so many things on a daily basis. Even me, who's pretty educated in all these things, this is what I do for a living, can get caught in that trap of seeing things on social media and being like, why Why do I not look like that? Why am I not doing that? And then I can take a step back and be like, okay, back to my habits, back to what I know. But for a consumer who might not know that, that's so confusing. So it, yeah, ignore the 30-day glute programs. They pro- more than likely will not work. Yeah, <laughs> And I guarantee that dude is eating like 5,000 calories a day. And like- That dude is specifically. That dude, he's, oh. that dude is specifically. 
Yeah. And like all these other things that you're not seeing that are beyond his, you know, glue bridges. So, Right, right. Exactly. So, I mean, if you're listening, if you've been listening to Mason and I talk this entire time, one thing you hear us say a lot is it depends. I say it all the time in nutrition. Mason says it all, all the time in fitness and programming. And that's because there is no one answer for everybody, right? It depends on you and your specific situation. So if you're trying to follow a fitness program or a nutrition program that has an absolute answer for you, it's probably not going to work. It needs to yeah. be custom to you. Um, and I think that's like the biggest point that I want to like get across is there's no one size fits all that is going to be beneficial um, to a degree with you specifically. Because I mean, we can work out for 45 minutes every day and we'll be healthier. Yes. We will be healthier. Like if we move for 45 it's minutes. It's better than the sofa for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's how quickly do we want to get to our goal? And is this the right thing for us to be doing? Because there is a situation where you could be doing more harm than good for yourself. Yeah. Sure. No, I agree. I always say be wary of anyone who says always or never, because that's likely not true. Um, because like you said, it always depends and it's always evolving and changing. But I do think, yes, like there is a cost to inaction. You can say all of these things are expensive, but how much is it worth to you if you are in the same place now, a year from now? Like how much is that worth? And for most people, it's worth way more than they think. And people will spend tons and tons and tons of money on a bunch of small things like this supplement, this template, this, like that all adds up. Had you just done the consistent thing that actually requires work, it probably would have been cheaper in the long run. And you're going to get to where you want to go. You're going to feel better. You're going to like the process is really important too. So all of these magic pills or quick fixes don't give you the lifestyle. They might give you like the temporary result. And that's not typically what people want. Yeah. I said in my giant Facebook rant today that probably pissed off a bunch of people and I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, Cause I am being my authentic self. All right. Is, <laughs> you don't have haters. You're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, is like, show me what your physical therapy bill plus gym bill was the past five years combined. And are you any happier when you wake up in the morning or when you go to sleep than when you started? If you are happier, great. If you're comfortable spending that amount of money, Fantastic. But if you are looking for a change and you're not happy and you feel like life is the same, choose something different. And I couldn't agree more. I love it. So Mesa, where can people find you on Instagram? MesaHanawi.dpt. I love it. You can also see us at, at Stacked Coaching on Instagram. Mesa is the director of fitness um, for staff <laughs> coaching and this. yeah, I love it. And, uh, she's my guru for everything as well. So, and you for nutrition, all my late night, like, is this, is this bad for me? Should I be eating this question? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, y'all, we hope you had a good time. Um, thanks for checking us out. Hit us up if you need that personalized programming or nutrition needs. So peace out.